Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As the Bucks prepare to face Washington in the NFC wildcard game, we can make a case for Tampa Bay to win that game. We'll also tell you why they could lose. And if they did... Would you consider it a successful season for the Bucks and Tom Brady? And the Pro Football Hall of Fame 15 finalists are out for the class of 2021. John Lynch and Rondi Barber both made it. Who you got? We'll discuss all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get to Tom, I just wanted to say there was a uh, – uh, I think it was in Pro Football Talk or somebody uh, had reported, and, and we had alluded to this, I think, uh, before I know I've written it, that the Atlanta Falcons are planning to interview uh, one Todd Bowles, the Bucks defensive coordinator, for their head coaching job. That'll take place sometime next week. They can't interview any of the uh, current uh, coaches that are involved in the playoffs this week, except for, obviously, the teams that got the bye, Kansas City and, and the Green Bay Packers and such. Um, the Falcons are going to hire a uh, general manager as well as a head coach. They want to kind of pair those those two gentlemen together to where there's some, you know, um, sort of a symbiotic relationship where, where they're both acceptable to one another, work together. Um, I, I got a sense, a strong sense, that uh, that Bowles is a, a pretty good candidate there. Um, you know, a lot will depend – on, on just, you know, who they can or can't get. I mean, obviously guys like uh, Eric Bieniemy has interviewed already, um, you know, but they have in mind a certain type of coach. The funny thing is, is that uh, Arthur Blank is entrusting Rich McKay, of course the former general manager here, um, to line up some of these candidates and interview them with him. And if you know anything about Rich and, and you know, the, the success he had in, in hiring you know, Tony Dungy, which sort of came out of nowhere. Tony was like their third choice and they interviewed twice here. Um, Todd Bowles has a lot of Dungy-esque qualities, uh, defensive-minded, obviously, um, but also a guy that's just very steady and a developer of players and not an excuse maker and not a guy that thinks, you know, we got to have this or we got to have that. Like, he, he knows how to build. Um, he's fairly steady. And he did not have a great track record with the New York Jets. He, he went the first season, I think he won 10 games. And they had like three straight, three straight losing seasons after that. I think a lot of people look at that situation and say, well, first-time head coach, but also eh, it's the Jets, um, a dif- dysfunctional organization. So be interesting because, you know, the Bucks obviously would like to hold on to Bulls. He's a big part of why they've won. Um, you know, they, they've got other guys ready to step in and take that job. But, um, you know, even so – I mean, Todd Todd is the guy that, you know, it's his defense. He's the one that's called it all these years, and it would be a big, big loss, uh, but one that I'm sure Bruce Arians would be thrilled, you know, to suffer because uh, he's he coached Todd Bowles back at Temple years and years ago. Um, so, you know, Casey Rogers uh, would be probably the next guy up on the staff that would take over that defense was with Todd. With the Jets, if he didn't go, if he didn't go with him to Atlanta, you just don't know how that would play out, but uh, – 
So Todd Bowles will do that after this playoff game, and um, you know we'll see how it goes. A lot of those are just virtual interviews and whatnot, but uh, interesting nonetheless. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tommy, we haven't been able to say this for about thirteen years. The Bucks, eh, the Bucks are uh, headed to FedEx Field. I don't know what they call FedEx Field. What did Berman used to call? It? I can't. I don't remember. know. I don't remember. It wasn't the big toaster that was. Um, that's Arizona, <laughs> but um, listen. It's been a while. It's been a minute. You probably remember it. I don't. Were you in Minnesota? I don't even know where you were back in uh, two thousand and what seven. The last time they made the playoffs. No, I was here. I wasn't. You were. But yeah, okay, I mean, sorry. I pre- <laughs> we we no, we talked. To, that's all right. It was probably a forgettable time. For me. It seems we, like a uh, long time ago. No, it, it was. Uh, like we talked about this a little bit. Like I barely remember that game. They played the Giants, right? They played the Giants. And they lost. played the Giants. Giants went on and actually beat Tom Brady um, as a six seed. Right. They the, were, you know barely in the playoffs and and they they made their run yeah barely remember any of that barely remember it yeah i think tom brady was only (laughs) he was only 35 at the time that's right yeah (laughs) it was only 13 years ago so he'd be 30 he was 30 years old a mere pup yeah right exactly what did he know at 30 the point is is that it's been a long time and look i think you know we can get into this a little bit you know this this boomer bust sort of mentality you don't you don't hire a 43 year old quarterback thinking that we got plenty of time to build um they're trying to win the super bowl and they want to win it right away however however i digress listen what he's done in my opinion and what the bucks have done but led by him in particular is nothing short of remarkable i mean i don't know the next 43 year old that's going to come close to this but the man threw 40 40 touchdown passes and 4600 yards that's the most touchdown passes ever. It's the most, second most of his career, the most since he threw 50 one year, um, you know, when they went, what, 17 and, and one um, and lost in the Super Bowl to Eli Manning. So uh, is it a success or or do they got to go all the way? Is there just no compromise here that, you know what, you, you got to go to the Super Bowl, you got to win it, or it's just a waste of time? It, I'll answer that question better in like two weeks. But I, I'll say this. My initial thought is as long as they don't lose to Washington, mm-hmm. which is an awful football team, and we can talk about that in a minute. I I'm do. sure we will. Yeah. But as long as they don't just completely throw up all over themselves on Saturday, yeah. I th- and, and, then, and then whatever their next game is, and, and say they're competitive. They just, they just can't get like blown out their next game with whoever they play after that. Um, but – up like everything up until now, I think this has been wildly successful. I don't feel like they need to win the Super Bowl to 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 feel like this was a successful season. I know what the talk was, Rick. I know they brought him in. Uh, Tom Brady's not going to be satisfied with anything less than the Super Bowl. Neither will Bruce Arians. But if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers follower who's been around, you've been following this franchise for a long time. This is. This is the good stuff, in my opinion. Mm. I don't think they have to win the whole thing to say this was a gamble worth taking. Now, if they come out and went six and ten, and Tom Brady looked like he was fifty-three instead of what thirty-three, which is what he looks like right now, then I would say, yeah, what a waste. This was a pipe dream. But c- come on, this—how can you say this hasn't worked? It's worked. Sure, it has, right? Yeah, I think it has. I—I I, I think that you, you know. When they did sign him, no one necessarily expected it to to turn out this way with respect to COVID and no off season, no training. I think it took longer um, because of all those factors. Maybe until after the bye week. Look, after the bye week, and, and and we've said this many times, you don't apologize for who's next on your schedule. They're all they're all NFL teams. You have to play uh, them in order um, when they when they come out in April. 
But since the bye week, they've averaged 37 points a game. They've been over 40 back-to-back games and, and, you know, four times this season. Scoring points hasn't been a problem, you know, since early on in the year. And I, and I don't think it's an accident. I think that, you know, time in, in, on the practice field, continuity, um, Byron Leftwich figuring out what Tom Brady needs, whether it's play action or pre-snap motion, whatever, all that stuff I think has come, come to play and the, and the work they put in is starting to show off a little later than it would have if they'd have had an off season. Um, you know, they got the saints early. That was kind of a bad break for them from a division standpoint. I'm not sure they would have won the division, Tom, if they did have a preseason, I got to be honest with you. I think the saints are better. I think they've proven that the last two years. Um, however, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, look, this, this is a franchise that has been dead in the water. You know what they do on, on, on Mondays after the season It's called black money. They fire people. (laughs) They fire everybody. That's what goes on. I believe me. I've covered it. I used to hate the end of the season, not because there wasn't any football games to go to, not because I missed going to one buck place. I hated it because it meant usually one thing. They were going to fire the coaches, fire all their assistants, and then they were going to go on some kind of a search, right? right. Which you're, you're, you're dog ass tired. You just, you, you know, you come through a whole season and now you get to do the minute to minute, according to my sources, the Buccaneer most probably will be interviewing so-and-so from such and such a team. And then tomorrow it'll be somebody else. And you go on. And this can last, when they hired John Gruden, it lasted like 36 days. Right. So you don't have a life. And I know I'm complaining about my job, but. No, you know, but listen, I mean, this is, look, this is bad for the organization. It's, it's bad. bad. It's bad it's for really everybody. Bad. It's bad for the fans. Because yeah. the fans are sitting there. Yeah, I mean, if the biggest thing you're looking forward to is like, who's going to be our next offensive coordinator? You're sunk. Yeah, then you're having yeah. a bad franchise because yeah. in other places they're having figuring out where the parade might be. <laughs> exactly. And so, or like, there's nothing. You mentioned this last time when we talked about this on the podcast last week, Rick. Like, this is the good stuff. This is this what the, is fans, the, the fans. This yes. stuff is for the fans. So all week long this week, yeah. And and think about places like wherever all the in Minnesota where they're like, oh my gosh, how would Philadelphia? Like right. all the mess that's going on. New England, where Tom Brady used to be. other cities, right. Yeah, yeah, all these cities are like, we're, and we're not even mentioning, like think of some of the cities that are trying to figure out who their next coach is going to be. Houston and Jacksonville, Jacksonville and the yeah. Jets. What a train wreck. That's the Bucks for the last 13 years. Yes. Now is the time. Like, hey, we're talking about, hey, is Mike Evans going to play? Hey, what? Hey, did you hear what Chase Young had to say? Like, that's exactly. this is the fun stuff, you know? So, yeah. and this is all because of Tom Brady. I, I, I'm not all because of Tom Brady, mm. but in large part because of Tom Brady. I believe that. I believe he's. I believe he's the the biggest part. Let's put it that way. I mean, sure. right, right. You know, for the most part, you know, did Devin White get better? Yes. Did they add some veterans or some rookies like? Tristan Wirfs and, and, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. And those guys helped, right? Did they get some free agents? But Gronkowski doesn't come out of retirement without Tom Brady. Antonio Brown isn't here without Tom Brady. And, and you know, they don't win 11 games. Tom, they've only won 11 games like four times, yeah, you know, in, their, good, in the history of the franchise. You talk about they didn't win a division, but, I mean, boy, 11 games, how much – it couldn't have gotten much better, really. No. You know? Now, I mean, so. people will say, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't beat enough teams with winning records and all that. And I, and I would agree with you. And, you know, they have, they certainly have to beat them now. You know who they did beat the number one seed in the NFL in the NFC, which is Green Bay. Suddenly that doesn't count though, because now Green Bay is better. Now Green Bay is this mythical, you know, you know, MVP hurling quarterback um, who really didn't have much better year than Tom Brady and who was beaten by him. Um, but that aside, you know, 
I, I do. I, I don't think any of this happens without TB12. And right. I wanted to sit back and kind of see, okay, I, I've watched him, you know, in all the playoff games over the years. And, you know, I've done this as long as he's been in the NFL and actually longer. So it, it has been remarkable to see him go to so many Super Bowls. But when you talk about, you know, he's definitely at the end now. And so there's not many more opportunities for him to take a team there. And, and you're right. That's his singular goal. That's why he chose to come here. Um, but having said all that, as great as he was, and he went to nine, nine out of 20 years, almost every ever the year he was in the Super Bowl, there were years, 11 of them, they didn't make it. Did they consider those bad years in New England? Of course not. Were there fans that disenchanted? No, they, some, well, some, I mean, when you, when you set were. the level, set the bar that high. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Victim but, of his own success. Exactly. But you mentioned, like, what? okay, we, like, he's thrown for 40 touchdowns and, and all, you know, all the well, success 40, he's had on the yards, field. Yeah. Right, yeah, and all, all this stuff. You're around this team every day, Rick. I'm not around them anymore like I used to be, so you can probably speak to this more than I can. But just judging from – just from watching and watching your coverage and all that, there seems to be a little bit of a culture shift too. It seems to be that, that there's a leadership there that, and with all due respect to Jameis, I'm not trying to dump on Jameis, but he just oh, didn't please have do. to. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we expect you to. No, I, well, I mean, let's be honest that he had no, never done anything at the NFL. That's level. you just nailed it. You and just he didn't have that. Nailed well, like Tom Brady walks through the door and like, and he said, Hey, I've been the nine of these things. Let me show you how to do it. He's a living legend in the game. Like he is, he is a wing of the of the Pro Football Hall of Fame when he gets there all by himself, right? You know, um, and so when and, he has a bad game, look, when he has a bad game early in the year and he was throwing interceptions, we're saying, okay, we got to figure this thing out because something's not right, something's off. We got to is it the receivers? When Jameis threw the interceptions, like, oh, here we go, this guy, exactly. here we go again. <laughs> so and and least, the problem is, and this is this was you know this was something Jameis battled, and I think all young quarterbacks battle it, and they're going to battle it in Miami with Tonga Valoa. They're going to battle it. Um, you know, in Jacksonville, if they take Trevor Lawrence, they're going to battle it wherever these young quarterbacks go. Daniel Jones in New York. Da- Daniel Jones. I mean, here, here's the problem. You're the leader of the football team, mm-hmm. period, right? By, by definition, you're the quarterback of a football team. And oh, by the way, when you're drafted that high, you're going to the crappiest football team on the planet, okay? Right. So that's how they got you, all right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you haven't accomplished anything yourself. So... It's really difficult, you know, to tell Mike Evans, for example, you know, how you want him to run this dig route or how you want him to to stem, you know, the the stick route. Like, how do you how do you get on a guy when you've done nothing, nothing in the league? You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to spit out the play in the huddle. You're trying to, you know, um, work on your mechanics and your footwork, and and you're trying to read protections and get guys lined up. You're doing all this stuff for the first time and learn how to play under center. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're learning Mandarin Chinese, you know, and then the next day you're learning some other language. So you don't have the breadth of experience or accomplishment at the NFL level. Sure. Did you win a national champion? Yeah. Were you the best player in the college football? Sure. None of that matters when you get to the NFL. It matters where you get drafted in the NFL. But once you get here, it don't matter other than you're going to get a lot of chances to, to prove that they were right. And, you know, and, and, and so, and look, I, I'm not saying that the guys weren't receptive to, to Jameis's leadership because he was beloved uh, as most, you know, a lot of quarterbacks are, but when he went up to a guy and, you know, what could he tell him, you know, Hey man, 
you just cost me that interception because you didn't you didn't finish that route or you didn't read the leverage right or I thought you were going. You know, it, when Tom Brady says it, as as Bruce Arians has said all year long, he goes, "I can say it and scream to him, blue in the face." He goes, "Tom Brady says it. It's like boom, done." You know, <laughs> that's right. Like he's like, "This is the greatest thing in the world." I got a coach on the field in the huddle because they're not going to tell Tom Brady no. You know, they it's like lead us. Please lead us to where yeah. you have been to the promised land. You've been to the mountaintop. We want to go with you. Tell us. We'll walk up this trail. Where do we go? What do we do? Which go to which way? And so, yes, that is, you know, I've always said this. Winning is the culture change. That's okay? right. Winning, it's not, hey, we got to change. What I love about this, every coach is going to be hired. And there's going to be like seven or eight of them, I think, this year, seven, I think. They're all going to stand up there, and, and they're going to try to win the press conference. And most of them will. And I guarantee you, to a man, you can go back and run the transcripts. They're all going to talk about changing the culture. You know right. what? I'm here. We got to change culture. Hey, we got we got a culture. We got to change. We got still a culture of winning. Every one of them. And I'm like, dude, culture is winning. It is a chicken and the egg thing. But you know, do you have to learn how to do things right before you win? Yes, you do. But when you win, that's when you know the culture has changed. Yeah, I heard somebody talking the other day about Urban Meyer and whether Urban Meyer would make it as a head coach in the NFL and in how because he's never never coached at the NFL level and mm -hmm. any you know mm -hmm. as an assistant because a lot of guys that yeah they go yeah they have they at least like Nick Saban was like on an NFL uh, oh, coaching sure. staff before he went on to co you know I know he didn't do great with the Dolphins but it wasn't, it wasn't. he was with the Browns with yeah. uh, Belichick for years yeah but the the big thing that people bring up and and I, I think I saw uh, your your man your man Peter King talking about this is that when the biggest adjustment for a lot of these college coaches is or it's not that Urban Meyer doesn't know football he's no football and he can probably deal deal with the personalities at right. the NFL level. It's are you going to be able to accept going to a place where you're going to lose 13 games next year? Like you it For took some you of these 7 guys, years Tom, to lose 13 five games. games, right? Right. Right. So you are like are you cool with going and and that's and you're and you talk about culture change, that's the hard part is 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 putting up with all those all those losses. Well, mm -hmm. here with Tom Brady, Tom Brady, that's unacceptable and it's not going to be uh okay, you know, and and it was and Look what they had before with Jer and I. I'll put out the, and not just to throw Jameis under the bus. Gerald McCoy was the same way. It's like, what did you? What have you done? You haven't done anything at this level. You're a great player. I mm -hmm. respect you. You're a leader. You have But won. you're the leader because yeah, because you're the only thing we got. Right now, you bring in somebody who's got like Gronk. I'm sure Gronk's made more of an impact than what we've seen on the field. Way more, way more. And the great thing about Gronk is he's exactly like unlike some players. I mean, you, you know, you get the the public persona. The goofball you see, he's exactly that. Like right. he, people love playing with him. Um, but yeah, no, he's all those guys have brought sort of you know the, the focus, the attitude, how to work, but not just how to work. A lot of you know, first of all, a lot of everybody works hard, right? I was like everybody, you know, first man in, last man out. Yeah, right, right. But are you doing? Are you working smart? You know what I mean? Are you really? You know, in, in Brady's case, like, are you getting everything out of every rep? Are you? doing it right all the time, you know, um, you know, what, you know, you're going to win each day. You can't, you can't do anything about tomorrow. You got to prepare today and then you have your best Thursday and they all say that, but I think Brady lives it, you know, and, and this is the only way he knows how to do it and it's been successful for him. So guys will follow people with that kind of resume. And to answer your question, I don't know. I don't think they get to the playoffs. I don't think they win 11 games. 
don't think they do any of this stuff without Tom Brady. Well, let me know? ask you the question that you asked me, though. Let, let's, let, let me give you the scenario. Let me lay out the scenario for you. Yep. They beat Washington hand, you know, comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next game they would play who? Maybe Seattle? Green Bay. Green Bay or New Seattle. Orleans, most likely. Okay, and say they're, they're competitive, but don't win. But it's a... You know, a thirty-one twenty-four type. They game. lose to the ne- in the second they, round. They lose in the second round, but they're competitive. Yeah, good game. They lose. Okay, good game. They lose. Lose to a, a team that's probably better than they are. Yeah. At that point, do you how how would you how would you qualify the season? How would you quantify it? Well, I I mean I think we're pretty close to agreement. At least Tom, if I I don't know the way you feel, but I I think it's a successful year. Yeah, I do too. And and the reason I say that is that. You have to understand um, what Tom Brady came to. You know, um, were there good players here? Yeah, that's why he came. Were there um, money for free agents? Yeah, but there's always been money for free agents. You know, was it a division that you know you generally competitive in? You know, in that. You know, New Orleans was good, but you didn't know about that. Yeah, and that's been like that for years. But what changed was was him. You know, what, what changed was protecting the football. I mean, they went from 112 turnovers, you know, 112 points off turnovers, 33, I think it was uh, 30 interceptions and, and, you know, some five or six, 41 total turnovers um, to about like 16. You know what I'm saying? Like, or 12, something like that. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, he completely changed the way the games went, The how much, you know, and, and the belief. Belief is is a big thing at that position. You want to believe that no matter what, what it was, and they came back from 17 down from the Chargers. Um, they, they've been behind a lot in, in, in the games this season, even the ones that they, that they won, some that they almost came back and won. But you don't get that without his body of work. You don't get that with a rookie quarterback until he does it until he goes out there and proves he can do it and do it consistently. Not just, not just once. I'll give you an example. Kyler Murray earlier this year had the hail Murray, right? Right. They were getting their doors beat in and they get to fourth and, 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 you know, miracle. And he throws one and it is the, the, the prayer is answered for the whole week. Everybody's talking about how Kyler Murray should should be in the Pro Bowl and he and he be and he was and that and that this was the team that was on their way and they won on a hell Murray hell Mary. Right, I mean it's right. like a it's, a, it's less than two percent chance you're gonna catch it. And then they've they've tanked ever since, you know? They they had a horrible finish to their season and missed the playoffs. Right. So you know what I'm saying? Like Oh no! Yeah, I mean, I saw I watched a game last week with Pittsburgh and Cleveland, and Cleveland needed that win. And this week, everybody's talking about, oh, Baker Mayfield turned the corner. You know, they, they, they didn't know, play anybody. They didn't play anybody, and they, they lost on it because the Steelers now their coach is out. Yeah. A two point, yeah, a two point conversion. I mean, they barely, barely, nearly missed the playoffs. And and what would be the narrative of Baker Mayfield be at that point? You know, right? Or like Great. with Jameis, you talk about just the belief, just the confidence. Jameis was they, Jameis had a lot of good games he did. with the Tampa Bay Bucks, he but did. there was also he could go out there and play lights out. But every possession, you're holding your breath. Like, uh, is this the one he's going to throw? A mistake coming. Yeah. Is this the one he's going to kill us? It's just going to kill us. He's going to. Is, is this the pick six possession on this right. one? And with Brady, not that Brady never makes a mistake. Certainly, he's thrown interceptions. He made a bunch early on. Yeah, but at this point, I'm sure when they get in that huddle, no matter what the score is. 
no matter what the situation is. They, you look at Tom Brady, you go, that's, that's the goat. He's the, if, I don't know that we're going to win this game, but if we're going to win it, I, that's the guy I'd want leading me. He's one of like five guys in the NFL I'd want as my quarterback at this point. You know? I don't know how many athletes you've covered that at, at, a, at an advanced age could still dominate their position the way, the way Brady has. I will say that there will be other quarterbacks because I think guys in general are taking better care of themselves. I imagine that Aaron Rodgers has a chance to play until he's 40. Um, I imagine that Russell Wilson may do it. You know what I mean? Like there might be other guys coming behind Tom because of Tom and Drew Brees, who's 41. Uh, I think this is his last year. I'm willing to say that in my lifetime, despite all that, despite the, you know, 40s, the new 30, that you'll never see what he's done again. You'll never see a guy at his age. I agree. Throw 40 touchdowns. 10, 11 interceptions, 4,600-something yards, and take, in his first year, a team that had won Bupkis for more than 12 years and take him to the playoffs. And maybe go deep. We don't know. Well, um, and, yeah, and, you won't and look, see it. And you showing no signs whatsoever that he's close to the end. No. I mean, his, his arm I looks live. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I think some of that – you know, was I think that was calculated too. I mean, old bones don't do well in, in the cold. And he's come down here where it's warmer, like most retirees, <laughs> and, and it's not as brutal on your body. And you know what else he's gotten, which he didn't get in New England? Days off. Bruce Arians well, has, has yeah. said, you're not practicing today. And that was a shock to Brady at times. You know, I was like, what do you mean I'm not practicing? No, I don't want you to throw at all. It's You know, it's got to save your arm for late in the year, December, whatever. Because he likes to throw. He's one of these guys sure. that wants to throw all the time. He's a gym rat. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, well, here's the other thing, too. And he's he's surrounded by talent. And it's clear because I think if he were still in New England, what a mess just, that was. Just a dumpster, yeah. And I think if he were there, they it's not like they would be 11-5 and five with, with him. I think they, they – he just proved why he wanted to get out because – They weren't helping him. They weren't helping him. And, and now he's surrounded by talent down here. There's no question in my mind, though, that we're seeing somebody, we're seeing something we're, that we've never seen before, and I'm not likely to see again. As you mentioned, there's there's reason to believe that guys like Aaron Rodgers can play for a while more. But I also don't know, Rick, that that we're going to see that many. A because the money is so great right now that like guys aren't playing for money. Tom Brady's not playing because he needs the money. No. no, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't need any more money. No, and I, you know. I think we're going to see Ben Roethlisberger hanging up in the next year or two. It's, it's not about the After money. After he for gets the, his thirty million, it yeah, might be about true. the money for Ben. Well, I think it's like forty-one. <laughs> I think it's like forty-one million. It's like something yeah. stupid. Yeah. Okay, for Ben, it is the money. Yeah, for Ben, it's um, the money. But it. But I think for a lot of these guys, they don't need the money, and I don't know that they have the commitment to to their health. That Tom, Tom Brady's a a lunatic, man. When He's, it comes he, to. Yeah, he sacrifices a lot. I mean, he really does sacrifice a lot. I don't think many people are willing to make that commitment year-round. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they're going to do the gym thing. They're going to, you know, try to eat right and, and you know, um, get sleep and, and you know, do do the perfunctory things. But but what Brady does is, like, next level you know, yeah. with the plyometrics and, you know, what, what he does with TB12 and, and Alex Guerrero and – you know, the nutrition and, you know, I mean, whatever the hell it is. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, if I bought his book, I haven't done his diet. It doesn't look appealing to me. It doesn't look appetizing to me. It doesn't, you know, but I do know that 
he spends a lot he works really hard at it and it's constant like you know right down to how much water he drinks i mean everything he does is to try to get as much out of his physical you know abilities at this point of his life and and frankly you know to you know to to stop his aging you know from a from right. a flexibility standpoint from all those things so athletically he's kind of a freak that i mean the sacrifice his ability to sacrifice what most people in his position would would not is what separates him because he's just so driven to win right you know and and he almost like he i've never all the great players you've known this time like the greatest players always had the biggest chips right even if they they would make stuff up if they if they didn't you know jordan was like that you know yeah and and that's kind of who Brady is. Like he's the guy that's going to walk around with a one ninety nine card in his pocket and say nobody thought I was any good, you know. And and now his 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 motivation is, huh? So everybody just wants me to quit. That's that's why they keep saying this stuff. They they want me. They want to run me out of here. I'm. Mean, you know what? I'm not ready. How about that? How do you like that? You're not going to run me away. You're not going to. You're not going. To, you're not going to tell me I can't do it because I can still do it. You just want me to retire so you can win. You're tired of me winning. Watch this. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to win again. So There's no chance, no chance that they go into Washington and lose that game, is there? Oh, sure there is. Are no, you kidding? Come on. No, you no, there's no chance. The National... Listen, there's no chance. the last two seven and nine teams to win their divisions, you know what happened? They won their first round games. Ain't happening. They won their games. No, here's... You, know who, you know who coached one of those teams? Ron, Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. You can't kill him, man. I mean, I thank God he's doing great. He beat cancer. Like, he, he, he has – think about what Ron Rivera inherited. Seriously. Have you thought about what the Washington football team's year has been? Oh, I know. I on mean, if you're a beat writer on that team, holy oh, yeah. cow. When does it stop flying at you? You start with the fact that they changed the damn name of the team, which has been a 50-year, you know, discussion. Right, so they 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 don't have a name. They're the, they're the team to be named later, and and then you go and you hire a head coach in Ron Rivera, who God forbid, I mean, he gets cancer. I know. I mean, the yeah. guy's battling cancer in a new job. Oh, and the organization is a complete train wreck because everybody's being sued for sexual harassment, harassment, including get the worst owner in football. Yeah, the worst, worst owner, owner in football. sports, probably, Maybe. absolutely, and medals way too much, and wanted to draft Dwayne Haskin, all this stuff. Oh yeah! By the way, your franchise quarterback—you cut him towards the end of the year. Your other quarterback, a week after he started a game that you needed to win, that you had to win, <laughs> and you—and and that's that was the, that was the same week, by the way, that he was seen with a bunch of strippers and, and not wearing a mask, and so toxic that you didn't even want him in your building. Yeah, so he, not even to be the backup. But you started him anyway, and he lost, and then you cut him. And, and what's now the guy whose leg we almost had to cut off? Let's bring him right. back in. <laughs> That's seventeen surgeries. I mean, Alex Smith is a, a a a miracle. He's a medical marvel. I mean, they first of all they didn't know save his leg. They didn't know they could save his life. Yeah, no, I know. It's I mean, a he great story. Even be here, it's an unbelievable. He's five and one since he took over this football team. Five and one with a guy that was your number three, and it was sort of like, yeah, let's let him come back just so he can say, you know, he made it back and pat him on the head and. Look, kids, you can do anything you want if you put your Every mind time in. that guy goes back to pass, I hold my breath. Oh. I don't want to see him get hit. Did you see that game where, where he cleated, he stuck a cleat in himself? Yes. He, he spiked himself? I, and, and all this didn't blood know. was gushing out of his sock. Like, but we didn't know that leg? that's what happened. the leg? <laughs> we didn't know that he got stepped <laughs> no. up. We just thought, oh, my gosh, his leg just started bleeding. 
<laughs> for no reason. This can't it's be good. Like, no. It's going to fall off. Yeah. And I, 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 like the first time, I think the first game he played, remember, he, like he went in like midway through the game. They were playing the Rams. Yeah, and, and got Aaron, sacked. And, and Aaron Donald jumped on him. You're like, oh like, no! <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that, like the Thiesman, like the you know exactly the snap of the leg. It broke him but again. I'm telling you, Rick. So as soon as the, as soon as they okay, they win that game Sunday night, and I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I think is, oh, the, the Bucks. this is exactly what they want. The Bucks will kill this team. And then what happens is what always happens is you start to overthink it. And you stay, well, you know, I mean, Chase Young, I mean, nice player. You want, to tell, you want me to tell you why they, how, the, then, how the how Washington football then, team could win well, this hold game? Hold on, hold on. And, and then, well, they got Riverboat Ron. I, like, I thought what you said. And, they, you know, and Chase Young, he's like, he's a. He might be a defensive player of the year some some of the year, and hey, Alex Smith he's not totally inept and and then and then I thought no you know what now I'm overthinking it there's no chance I'm telling you right now there is no chance of course the no, Bucks, Thomas there's a chance there I know what you always say they're in the game there's a chance there is no chance you sound the like Bucks my sports win. editor before we went to the NFC Championship <laughs> game when the Bucks were playing the Eagles. And he didn't really think about what would happen in the Super Bowl because he said, "Well, there was no chance they were going to win." I never, Be- before was- you go into it, before you tell me why, let me let me just let me just run this down because I was just looking at this a little while ago. And look, and they start off the season, they beat Philadelphia, and they and they end the season by beating Philadelphia. So those are two of their seven wins. And then in between, here's what we got: they played Arizona, they got creamed; they played Cleveland, they got blown out; they got blown out by Baltimore; they got blown out by the Rams. They then they lose to the Giants who stink. Now here are their wins. They beat Dallas, lose again to the Giants, lose again to Detroit, and then here's their wins. They beat Cincinnati, bad. Dallas, bad. Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh started reeling. San Francisco, bad. Like they did they have talk I, I get uh, you and I say it all the time, I say it more than anybody. You play who's on your schedule. Yeah, but well, I mean, you're just sake. making the reverse argument of why the Bucks aren't any good because they, they haven't beaten anyone. But they won those they won eleven of those games. And they're not getting. I mean, they lost nine games, and none of them. And other than like a couple of them, they were blowouts. I mean, they beat Philadelphia twice, and Philadelphia did everything in the world. And we'll talk about it maybe later in the week on your podcast. Philadelphia did everything in the world not to win that game. Yes. I just, I'm looking at their team, Rick. I just tell me how. Tell well, me how. Well, okay, I'll tell you how. Um, how it first, could happen. I'm not. First of, you're not predicting of, it to happen. I'm saying how, how could it happen. Well, I. I'm not going to predict it to happen, but it would not. Nothing would shock me. Um, listen, the first thing you got to look at is w- who was their quarterback in those games you mentioned, and it Haskins wasn't Alex Smith. Yeah, Haskins it wasn't Alex Smith. Alex Smith is five and one. Okay, I think that matters. We just got done talking about why the Bucks have won all these games. It was because their quarterback. It wasn't because Mike Evans played harder for Tom Brady. He might play a little smarter. Might have gotten some tips here and there. Um, Chris Godwin was still Chris Godwin for, for he, he tried to catch every ball that Jameis threw him. So we've already established what that position means. Alex Smith is a pure freaking winner. Okay. He knows how to win. More importantly, he knows how not to lose games, which in the, in this league is more games are probably lost than are won. No, you're right about that. So he protects the football. He knows what he has around him. They don't try to take big shots down the field. They got one receiver that's really good. Um, and Sorry. you know, a decent running game and mm-hmm. you know, they, they drag you into, they drag you into the mud. They're, they're that team you talked uh, about, uh, years ago, you know, uh, the hockey team that trapped everybody. Right. Right. Um, and that's sort of what that, that's what 
the Washington football team is. They've got a really good defense. You're you're going to have to earn every blade of grass against those guys. Those guys are are like energized. They play so hard. And and Chase Young is the real deal, man. Yeah, he Not is. many no, rookies have got the C on their chest. I mean, he hunts and he hunts and he hunts. And even if he's wrong, he's going 100 miles an hour. Same thing is true with Montez Sweat. Then you got a veteran like Ryan Kerrigan. These guys just flat out get after it on every single play, which means when Alex has played and they haven't turned it over very much, they're in every game, and they've won five out of six. So keep that in mind when you're, when you're trying to figure out how do they win. Well, they win with a guy that has won five out of six. He didn't play the other games. That's probably why they lost. So now you've got Alex Smith, at quarterback, and look – I mean, first of all, they don't have to be a better team than the Buccaneers. You know, if we're just going to go on rankings, this isn't college football, right? Like, we're not going to say, you know, this team won a division. They're 7-9. and nine. They have no business in the playoffs based on their record. There's a bunch of teams that are going to win 10-11 games that don't get in the playoffs, right? But that's the way the rules, them, them the rules, as they say. Well, I'm fine with them being in. So they get in at 7-9, and nine and everybody goes, well, they don't have any chance. They're 7-9. and nine. You know what they called them? Division champions. And they're hosting. Right, so it, you know I know the formula. The Bucks have lost games to teams that pressure Tom Brady. We know this about any quarterback, particularly with Tom. He ain't lose. He ain't leaving the pocket. He ain't running out there and extending plays. He's not escaping pressure. If you can get him, if you can get to him and put him on the ground and hit him early, he's gonna. He's not gonna be very good. He wasn't very good against the Bears when he got hit. He wasn't very good against the Saints either time he got hit. He wasn't very good against the Rams. Um, you know, these are the games that he has struggled. And what are the what are the Washington or Washington football team does? They rush the passer. As good as they're like fourth in the league in sacks. I mean, they're they're way up there. It's and, to me, Rick, it's gonna be one of those games that like it's gonna some, be an ugly some goofy game. some goofy stuff happens. They're gonna yeah, have to have a, a punt you know, return out of character. A punt return, a pick six. Maybe. Yeah. A couple of like Ronald Jones fumbles twice or something. Well, there you go. Isn't there always look you always is there a chance those things guy. can happen? Yes. Of course. But do I think do if I think if everybody goes out there and plays the way they they, they have played for seventeen weeks, I think the I think the Bucks win this game easily. Easily. I don't think it's close. Washington's bad, man. You watched that game Sunday night. Yeah, I they did. won that game, and 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 uh, they, it was the handed to them. And they didn't want to take it. Not to yeah, win. they were trying not to win. I I saw it. I did. I listen. I I don't. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that that they're a better football team than the Bucks. I'm going to tell you they don't have to be. What I'm going to say is they just have to be better on Saturday. You sound like Herb Brooks, man. <laughs> yeah, it was if true. We played them ten out of ten. We might win nine. Well, know, and they listen, might win nine. But you've tonight, lived this tonight. movie. You you know what it's like. Yeah. You know, would it surprise you? You go out there and you know, here's Ronald Jones with you know his finger taped up and coming off of COVID. And he had a pretty good game. You know, when they they got him out of the game against the you know their last game against Atlanta. But he goes out there and he fumbles twice. Would that shock you? No. I mean, the running game me. hasn't been consistent all year. I just can't think. I don't see Washington scoring. I don't. I just don't think. They'll well, score that's enough. how they score. You give them a short field. They don't have to go very far. Right. Or they just, you know what else they could do? And I can't believe I'm like trying to make a case here. But what else they could do is just possession you to death. You know, 11 plays. I mean, that's what Atlanta did. Listen, if Atlanta, they're down there inside the five-yard line twice and came away with field goals. You know, if they punch either or both of those in, and, and the Washington football team could, 
then all of a sudden you're in a dogfight. You know, you're probably you're losing that game. So, you know, they they held the ball. You know, when you give Tom Brady, you know, two three possessions and a half, there ain't a whole lot he can do about it. So that's what I mean. Like there are there's a form. They're going to try to mud up mud up the game. They're going to try to make it a muddy game, drag you into where they're comfortable, which is not many points. You know, each possession means everything. Every third down is you know is yeah. crucial. And and that's sort of the way well, it works. I told so, you last week or a couple of weeks ago that the team I was afraid of was Dallas, not because Dallas is any good either. But I, right. I looked at Dallas's offense and I thought, uh, they're at least capable of scoring a little bit. I just right. don't think Washington's capable of. Unless they're not going to score a lot of points. You're right. No, and I, I mean, think the Bucks ultimately, if they if the Bucks score 30, this is over. If they score yeah. 28, it's over. Yeah, if this, but if they get in, if these, if this game's in the teens and it's one of those, or oh, geez, it's late third 20, quarter 21, scores, you know, like 14, They, they lost. They lost twenty to nineteen to the Bears. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of game that this would have to be. Right. And I'm not saying that they would lose by a lot, but yeah, they definitely could now, I don't expect that to happen. You know, it's gonna be around the temperature's gonna be freezing. There's sleet coming in the day before, so if that's weather system is any delayed at all, that won't be good. So, you know, the the field was pretty bad and pretty slick the other day locally in Tampa. I know there's a bunch of guys that are used to playing in the cold and playing in playoffs in the cold, starting with your quarterback and Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and Jason Pierre-Paul. But you know what? There's a hell of a lot of guys that have never done it. They've never been in the playoffs, and they don't go up north and play outside very much. They just don't. You know, The one game they played was in, indoors in Detroit. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's there for them. I mean, if they win this game... They're going to go probably to either Green Bay or New Orleans. If there's an upset somewhere else, if the Rams say go beat Seattle or something, then they're going to go to New Orleans, which it's interesting. Would you – let me ask you this. If you're the Bucks, and you're on that staff or you whatever, you're invested. Like, And I told you, you got two choices here. You want to play the Rams – or I'm sorry, you want to play the Saints in New Orleans. We've lost twice to those guys and really haven't played them well in two years. Or do you want to play Green Bay in the second round? and try to go up there and beat them for a second time in the snow and all that crap? Boy, that's a great question because for two reasons. One, I, I think the Saints are the best team. I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC, even though everybody's afraid of Green Bay. But I also could I also could see Drew Brees having one of those. What's wrong with Drew Brees? Is his arm hurt today? Like he, He's capable of one of those games where he just he doesn't look like himself. And the Saints always find a way, it seems, to like somehow screw it up. Or have or get themselves screwed by somebody, including the referees. Um, boy, I don't know, Rick. I don't think I want to. I don't think I. I was going to say Green Bay, but I don't know that I want any parts of Lambeau at any time in January. See, and I, I would say this. To me, you're probably going to go through New Orleans anyway. Yeah. And to me, um, I would want them in the second round because if I have to go to Green Bay. And the weather's an issue, and they're the number one seed. Um, and Rodgers is playing really, really well. I don't want to do it unless it's 60 minutes to a Super Bowl. 60 minutes, we go to the Super Bowl. To me, New Orleans don't want to see you until the championship game. They don't. They'll take their chances just like you would in a championship. They have the upper hand. They think, we'd love to see the Bucks Whenever we see them, we own these guys. That's yeah. what they think. Right. But they also have their own demons. And their own demons are you know, the Minneapolis miracle and the non-call and this is Breeze's last year and he's got some cracked ribs and, and, and. Right. You know, so 
they got their own pressure, right? They're going to be expected to win. They've beaten this team twice. A little like Philadelphia the year that the Bucks, you know, went up there and won to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm telling you, nobody thought, no one thought that the right. Bucks would win that game. Right. Including the Eagles. So, to me, I'd rather, I'd, you know, I, I think as, as a friend, you're playing indoors. You know, you wouldn't have to worry about the elements. Um, you're a different football team. You're a way better football team than you were even the last time you got destroyed by them. Yeah. So, you and know. I'd be, and, I, I'm, and I said that I, I'm, I would be more scared of Aaron Rodgers than Drew Brees. I look at the way teams January. are playing, and I mean, I think New Orleans is playing, is playing good. A couple of weeks ago they weren't. I mean, but Brees is still only two weeks, you know, from yeah. 11 cracked ribs and a, and a punctured lung. Right. And they don't, you know. So, it's, listen. That's why uh, they play the games, Tommy. Um, but it's isn't it fun to talk about? Like if you're a Bucks oh, fan sure. and you, you turn on, you know, Get Up or you, you know, NFL Network, whatever, they're talking about your team. Yeah, they're saying you guys have a chance. Yeah, and, and we're not sitting here going, "Oh, Brady, what a disaster Brady was," and they got to get rid of Arians and they got to bring in another, you know, right? Which is what well, would have happened if they would have gone seven and nine or six well, and ten well, even when the Bucks went. Remember, way let's go to the way back machine when the Bucks would go to the playoffs a lot. Did you ever really think they were going to make that run? I mean, Trent Dilfer was your quarterback at first. No, that's and, a great point. I mean, and th- then it was Sean King taking you to the championship game against the greatest show on turf and almost won six to five. Right. And then it was Jeff Garcia <laughs> and Brian Greasy. Okay. No, there's a there is a feeling now that I don't think they're going to win it all, but I but I also think it's possible. If the like confetti if falls right on now, Tom Brady's head, right? Not shocked at all. You, I can yeah, see it. No, not only who, not shocked, I can see it. You can watch. We've seen it. We know it happens. But like Washington, if you're in Washington right now, or you're Indianapolis, like you're not, you're not going. To, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You have no chance. No, there's about. Listen, I and, and Sean Payton said this before the season. He goes legitimately. He goes, there's about four or five teams going to Super Bowl every year. The rest of them are just. Well, and I think Tampa. Bay, I think right now there are there are probably about those number of teams. But I think Tampa Bay is one of them. I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. I think you know in the NFC it's interesting because I think in the AFC there's two teams. There's only two teams going to Super Bowl. I agree. I agree. Buffalo and Kansas City. That's it. Yep. Nobody else. I, I don't care what team. You can run the ball all you want to, and, and Lamar Jackson can do it. Two teams can win it in the AFC, Kansas City and Buffalo. And I think right. Buffalo is going to win it. I, boy, Just everybody seems opinion. to be gathering momentum. I, I think I think that's They're schools, so good. They They're are really, really good. good. I think Let's Kansas, see what happens when they get, you know, in the big big spotlight and expectations yeah. and all that. I get it. I think, I think Kansas City flips the switch. They might. They're bored. They're a little bored at fourteen yeah. and one, but yeah. Um, oh, man, but it's going to be one of those two teams in the NFC. Three teams, maybe four. I mean, could I see Russell Wilson getting there? Eh, maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's I not think it's crazy. Three teams. He's been there I before. I think it's New Orleans, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. That's my that's my in guess. that order, unfortunately. It's, but yeah, yeah. But that's my, I, I. You might go. I might go Green Bay, New Orleans, Tampa. But but I'm interested to see what happens, even if New Orleans has to go to Green Bay because. New Orleans' defense is so much better than Green Bay's. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing that happened that people are discounting a little bit is they lost their left tackle. You know how hard it is <laughs> when you lose David Bakhtiari, who is maybe the best left tackle in football, yeah. and that's Aaron Rodgers' blindside, and everything he does, all their schemes doesn't require extra help, a chip, or a tight end, nothing. And all of a sudden, you know, that guy's gone. Right. That's a big deal. You know, it's a really big deal, so. 
Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, quickly, before we get out of here, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, finalists were announced and a little surprise, maybe not a surprise, but it, but something new. We've known about John Lynch. He's back in the final. When we say finals, this means there's 15 players, modern era players that could uh, that'll be debated in in the uh, room with the voters, um, and then it'll be announced the eve of the Super Bowl here in Tampa. That five get who in, the right? five modern day finalists are. There'll be a couple of senior candidates, whatnot. We're expected up to five. Up up to five. That's right. It doesn't have to be five. It's all between you and me. It's always five. Yeah, I mean, they right. they would put in ten if they could, but sure. Um, anyway, uh, both John Lynch again for the eighth season, eight, eighth year in a row, a finalist, and Rodney Barber mm-hmm. in the room for the first time. He's been a semifinalist uh, four other occasions. And so now you got Barber and, and Lynch. I'll say this about the class. To me, and I'll read the class to you, Tom. You tell me who you think is a first ballot and, and how many spots that all these guys will be vying for. Um, somebody from Indianapolis, most likely, uh, or Denver, whoever the voter is, will stand up and say, ladies and gentlemen, Peyton Manning, and they'll sit down. And there will be no presentation. <laughs> That's, That's the presentation. Because there that, doesn't need to be. That's the case for the Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning. Same thing that happened with Brett Favre. Same thing. You know what I mean? There's certain guys you don't need to make any argument. You just say, Peyton Manning. And he's going through. Okay? Um, so as I go through this, you know, you tell me if, if I hit on a guy that you think, oh, yeah, no, he's first. I don't even have to debate it. And this is guy. just first first. Like I haven't studied the stats or anything. No, just, no, no. You yeah, just, just like just, to me, and to me, this is the way to do it, right? Because if it pops in your head, oh yeah, he's yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's a field thing. Yeah, it's, Peyton Manning. Yes, no. We all yes, agree, of course. Okay, Jared Allen, Vikings defensive end. Uh, Jaguars. Uh, Tony Baselli played seven years. Uh, okay, only seven years, and I'm that's a bit of a problem, but he's a Hall of Famer in my mind. Okay, uh, Packers safety Leroy Butler. No, the first ballot, like automatic. No, right. Just stop me when you when you say, oh, he's yeah, in okay. this year. Steelers guard Anna, Alan Fanica has been in the room a lot. Uh, Rams receiver Torrey Holt. Lions yeah. receiver Calvin Johnson. Uh, yes, I do think Calvin Johnson. First ballot? Uh, yeah, because I think there was a good chunk there, maybe three or four years, that he was the best wide receiver in football. Okay. A Packers linebacker, Clay Matthews. No. Saints linebacker, Sam Mills. Mm-mm. Patriots defensive lineman Richard Seymour. I'm sure Seymour's numbers are much better than I remember them, but no. They're good. Dolphins lineman, he's been in the room a bunch. This guy's a first-year guy. Dolphins linebacker Zach Thomas. Colts receiver Reggie Wayne. Raiders and Packers defensive back Charles Woodson. Yeah, I'm a big Woodson guy. Yeah. To me, I'll just say this. To me, Manning and Woodson are first ballot guys. Yes, I agree. The rest of them will all be debated. Now, there might be another guy who goes through in the first first ballot, like a Calvin Johnson or somebody like, somebody like that. Um, most of these other guys have been in the room before. Um, so, to me, there's maybe two to three spots. We're talking about five players, right? That and, and, and I know just from being in there that this could be Fanica's year. 
or it could be Baselli's year. One of those guys are getting in because right. we had a when I voted the one year, going back a while when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta, there was a logjam of offensive linemen, and every year they got one or two through, and yeah, this right. is this kind of goes this way. Um, Fanica Fanica does feel like it could feels be like his it's his turn. time. His it's him turn, or yeah. Baselli, but yeah, it's probably Fanica's time. The rest of them, nobody, nobody has been in that room more than John Lynch. Eight years in a row. When he went in the, for the first time eight years ago, every one of the class of that, of that year have now gotten enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's the only one of his class that's not in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, I think he came really, from what I hear, as close as you can come last year. Didn't get in. He's back as a finalist again. And there is something to the queue, right? I mean, the longer you're in there, waited your turn, you you know, you're not playing any more games, but, you know, there's obviously momentum if you keep coming back in that room. So he's really close. But here comes Ronnie Barber. And they're different players, but from the same team, the same era, both defensive backs. I'm just wondering if that could, like, fracture the voting if I think that's stand a up fair there, point. If they I stand think... up there and they hear Rodney Barber, who's got a great case for the Hall of Fame, does that detract from Lynch's chances of getting in? I do think so. And this is not fair, but I'm sure this is how people think, Rick, because this is how we all think when it comes to to Hall of Fames. Mm-hmm. Because we're not always reasonable when, when, when we discuss this stuff. But I'm sure... I think that I bet you this argument is made. I've never mm. been in that room. No, I'll, I'll like. tell you whether it's made. Go ahead. But uh, but I I would guess that there are some people say, okay, we're talking about a great defense. We yep. already put Warren Sapp in there. We That's already right. put Derek Brooks in there. That's right. How many more guys we're going to put in on a defense that won one Super Bowl? Sorry, they won they one. They absolutely say that. They absolutely say that. And where you see like there were. There, there have been teams that have only won one Super Bowl. Kansas City, the great Kansas City, that didn't even win us. Well, they, yeah, they did win one in, in 1970 or whatever it was. I think they have a few guys in They there. have a lot of guys on there, yeah. But I bet you the argument would be like, well, I mean, no, that's too many bucks from the they same They were team. great for a long time. There's a couple things going against them. That, the one Super Bowl, had they won more, that would have helped. And the fact that they're a small market team, and I'm sorry, but there's a lot of big market writers in there. 47 voters, whatever, a lot of them from big cities. Um, in general, it's not like the NFC South fares very well. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough argument. Though I, I'm absolutely – I've done the argument myself. I, I, what's going to help John this year, and to some extent, Rondi, is the fact that two of the voters that they have now have, um, you know, people who have coached or, or played the game that are now part of this group. And uh, the guys that just got – elected to go in there and be voters uh, is uh, includes Tony Dungy and Bill Pullian. <laughs> yeah. So those guys, when they speak, they're going to be very influential. And I think both of them are Lynch guys. I think both of them are Ronda guys. You know, there the are some things. The, the problem I think that Lynch has run into, Rick, and, and again, you can you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, but as somebody who's a casual, is, is back from it a little bit yeah. and probably watched Lynch about the same as a lot of the writers in that room have watched Lynch, is, yeah, he was a he was a he he doesn't have it's hard to I bet I bet you the case for him is hard to make because he doesn't have numbers it's not a numbers doesn't have the interceptions 
Doesn't have the interceptions. Plays yeah. a position where a defensive back where you're gonna like a guy like a Woodson does have safeties. Enough. First of all, safeties are hard. There were, right. Up until a few years ago, I think there was very few, if any, that were even in the Hall of Fame because it's a hard position to define, right? Right. Now I always thought that, and you covered the guy. You were there. You know what it was like. You know what that defense was like. Just as an outside, I've always felt like if there was a Hall of really good, John Lynch would be in it. I just don't know that he's that. I just don't never thought of him as being that elite. Like yeah. Top. I see, and I I think he is a Hall of Famer. I I didn't think he was going to go in the first few years. I didn't think it would take him eight. What hurts him is when you compare his numbers to some guys you know that are in the Hall of Fame at safety. Is this, he's got twenty six interceptions, which right. just is not a lot of interceptions. Now, he made nine nine Pro Bowls for whatever the Pro Bowls worth back then. It meant something, right? I think, and um, I think that is a number that people do pay attention to, and they do, and and the fact that you know he he uh, is in two rings of honor, which is not look he played he played a long time in Tampa Bay from uh, whatever it was like ninety three ninety three to two thousand and three, right? Okay, and he made a lot of Pro Bowls and won a Super Bowl here, and then the Bucks cut him because he failed a physical, or so they said. But he didn't fail it in Denver. And he went out there and, and was asked to do something kind of entirely different at the safety position. And he went out there and made four straight Pro Bowls again. Yeah. And, and, and ended up with in, nine. in four years. In four years. And is in their ring of honor. And went to the AFC Championship game. So he was great. You know, because a lot of people would say, well, hell, you're playing with Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice and Derek Brooks and Ron DeBarber. Like, you know, how good could you have been? You know, I mean, it can't be hard when you get those guys. Well, guess what? When he went to Denver, they had nobody. Right. Nobody. There's no hall. You know what I mean? So he 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 was great when, when he wasn't around those guys, when Warren Sapp wasn't crawling up the quarterback's backside. So I would look at that. What's, what's, what hurts him, like I said, is the interceptions and the fact that because his best years were sort of in the middle of one decade to the middle of the next decade, Mm-hmm. he's not on either decade team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's not on the 90s decade team because he played at the end of the 90s when he was really good, starting in 97. Right. And then he was done playing by 2007. Right. So so he didn't make an all-decade team. Rondé did. He doesn't have a lot of interceptions. Rondé does. He does. You, you, yeah, you Rondé's got that goofy, you know, the, the goofy sacks. He's got the stat with the sacks and, and the interceptions. Only, only, you know, that's another thing. You like if you're the only player to do something in this league, if it's singularly yours, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, he revolutionized that slot corner position. And here's the other thing he has: a signature play. Yeah. A signature play Ronnie Barber has is the interception. You know, return 98 yards for a touchdown that sent the Bucks to the Super Bowl and they won it, of course. But that play will will for until the next one gets him to the Super Bowl will be the greatest play in Bucks history. Like we talked about Marty St. Louis goal, right, in game six. Mm-hmm. It's probably the greatest goal in, in, in lightning history, right? I I'd make it you know, despite all the home runs, like game one sixty two and now we got the Brett Phillips play. Yeah. Uh I I think the Ronde play is the greatest play in Tampa Bay in, sports. Tampa Bay for sports what it history. meant, for what it propelled them to. Yeah. Um, all of that. And so John doesn't have that. So there's a lot of when you when you go in there and you check boxes as these guys often do, um, I can make a case for both. And and in some respects, because Ronnie has all decade and some other things, some people may not, the thing that's going to hurt Ronde is they're going to say, uh, 
Okay, let's start talking about the corners that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Charles Woodson, is he that guy? Deion Sanders. You're right. telling me Rodney Barber's Deion Sanders quality? Right. Mel Blunt. Yeah. Mel Blunt. <laughs> Daryl Green. Yeah. Like, you know what? Hey, uh, nah. Do you think I'm going to be the same team with those guys? See, that's what happens is they, you know, it's apples to a- oranges. It really, right. it's hard to compare era. It's, it's even harder to compare players sometimes. Um, but I think they're both Hall of Famers. And, and look, I think Rondy's going to have to wait his turn because there's a cue, basically, that, you know, unless you're a first ballot like Manning or somebody, um, you know, that's just, just going to have to wait. So, interesting, though. Yeah. But, uh, got two fun. bucks in there. So, what we got coming on at uh, pointer.org? Oh uh, there was an election, <laughs> I guess, somewhere in, uh, was it Georgia? Georgia? We're still counting votes, I think, in Georgia. Oh, you'll be counting them for a while, my friend. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Unless it goes a certain way, and then of course they'll just declare winners. Electoral college, we got rallies, we got who knows what's coming next. It's just (laughs) bedlam. (laughs) The capital is falling. (laughs) Oh man, that's a crazy time for sure. But uh, go to go to uh, check out what Tommy writes in pointer dot org. O r g. (laughs) That's p o y n t e r. dot org. I heard somebody say something about pointer the other day on the radio. I can't remember who it was, but I laughed because they actually. They got it right. Oh wow! Um, yeah, was it some? It was it was somebody that was a, a radio talent. I can't remember. I'll, I'll talking come about up with Pointer. It. Wow, I have to find out. Yeah, they, they mentioned Pointer. They didn't mention you, but they mentioned I'm sure. Pointer. Wow. So that's good. Probably. Hey, come back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk a little sports. What do you think? Tank it. Let's talk about Tank it. I want to get. Oh, that. I want to talk. Thanks for remember. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. We'll do yeah, that. No, <laughs> sounds good. All right, Tom Jones. If you didn't get enough, he'll be back in better than ever tomorrow. We'll be talking about tanking. And we're going to discuss the Heisman Trophy voting, as well as we've got a new job for Peyton Manning. You'll want to hear it. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.